Hi, everybody, and welcome to Phillies Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, joined by John Brazier. And, John, usually I throw it to you and usually introduce our guest. Yep. But I'm... You You're know, not doing it this time? No, I, I feel like... Let, let me... Introduce a guy for Fine. once, you know. So uh, kind of a new year. I'll give you. It's a, a new year. New you. It's a new guest. We're very excited to have him here. So uh, I, I just want to introduce him. All right. And now <laughs> from Glen Mills, Pennsylvania, this Jackie and PA announcer extraordinaire, number one, Matt Cord. That's good. What? You're not going to say what college he went to. Uh, from Glen Mills. I, I, oh, you, I switched you changed it, it to Glen Mills. I switched Not it up. Not SUNY Plattsburgh. Oh, I should have said, and from, <laughs> it was a little wordy, from the State University of New York in Plattsburgh, New York. That's good. <laughs> I like that. Maddo, uh, that's the last time. I, I told John, because in our podcast, I think, you know, we've done three years of these. I think we've done, I don't know how many, and I think I've done a Zinkoff impersonation, because John keeps going, do your Dave Zinkoff. I'm like, I, <laughs> I think, love our, his Dave I think our podcast listeners have heard me do Zink enough. But. We do a feature now at Sixer Games. It's called the Zink-alike contest. Yes. And we get two guys on the court in between a timeout, or during a timeout, and we play the video of, of uh, Zink doing, uh, introduced to Dr. J, and I think it's a 76 All-Star game. Yes. Captain of the Philadelphia 76ers, Julius. <laughs> nice. And we show them, and then they have to imitate. Matt, uh, can you, Matt, can you please, I'm putting the request right now. <laughs> plant can me. you please yeah, plant yeah, yeah, Tom yeah, Burgoyne yeah, yeah, yeah. as one of the contestants? And I'm going to be there that night. Well, that's the night they, they usually wear the retro jerseys right, that night. Right? Which night. Are, yeah. oh, I love those jerseys. Yeah. It's just, I, I love them. I, much better than, I, you know, nice nod last year to the Boathouse Row, but this year's unis yeah. are great. Uh, but we'd I, have to use, a, you can't just be, you're going to be like Bill from Manny on. <laughs> yeah. Put a hat on you. <laughs> well, uh, I think I know I've told you this before. They had a zinc off sound contest, you know, a satellite contest at the Spectrum. They were honoring him one night, and they gave you an index card, and you had to say three things. And one was, that's a 30 pointer, and you had to roll your R's. I, I couldn't do that. I was ready to, like, you know, for my, and that was just to get through the first cut, and yeah. then you would make the second cut. Now, how old are you at this point? Are you high school? Or college? Uh, I was like 16. 16, you know, okay. Yeah, and uh, I was devastated. And Conklin, I've talked to Conklin about this, and uh, I think he, no, he didn't win, and he was completely offended that he didn't win the contest. So Joe from you know where Matt didn't win. He did not win. Wow, and he was in it too. And that was before he was you know doing all the radio stuff. Well, you know but, the, uh, the last game we ever played at the Spectrum, the Sixers, it was uh, two thousand nine. Yes. We just did one game over there, and it was against the Bulls. And Conklin, we brought in Conklin to do the because a lot of the old timers were there. So Joe introduced like Dr. J, and Moses was still alive, and yeah. and you know he did the whole intros. The lights went down. And as soon as the intros were over, Del Harris, who was an assistant coach with the Bulls at the time, came up. And I'm sitting next to Joe. And he looks at Joe. He says, man, I've missed you. That, that's so good to hear your voice again. Oh, my God. You he thought great. he was still alive. You look great. And then he walked away. And Joe goes, does he realize he'd be 100? <laughs> yeah, because his last year was 85, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Joe, Joe, oh. Joe just didn't say a word, didn't correct him at all. He's like, yeah, you got it, fella. <laughs> he goes, I'd be 100. Yeah, it looks just like the zinc. Yeah. It's speaking of that, like, I, I can't believe it's been 25 years I since know. you got this gig. I Because I we all remember when you got it, and I just can't believe it. But uh, I, I forget, was it Tom LeMayne who originally took over for after Zinc passed? Uh, that no. was 85. Well, Tom was part of the tryouts, though, I think, right? Wow. Uh, so Zinc passed Christmas Day 85. Yeah. Uh, High Lit did it for a while. Oh, High Jim Lit. Wise did it for a while. Oh. Uh, this guy Gary Young did it for a while. And Gary was with Power 99, Power right? Power 99. Yep. And then was I LeMaine in the mix at all? LeMaine replaced me the one year they took me off oh. in 2012. I, I didn't get fired, but, you know, the new ownership came in, and they, they, uh, they got a new mascot. Yeah. And they, they, they said to me, like, uh, we're going to take you off, but we're going to make you in charge of the website. Hmm. I'm like, I don't know the website. I don't know how to do two computers. Yeah, what right, was with right. that? What were they thinking? And then, and but then, then LeMaine did it for that year, and then they brought me back. They me. brought you back. You're no. like the Howie Roseman of PA announcers, <laughs> yeah, right? They yeah. put you aside, yeah. and then you come right back in. Yeah, yeah you I, know? I went upstairs to like a little room, <laughs> attic. Ah. Yeah, so Tom did it for the 2011-2012 uh, And we love Tom. Tom's a great yeah, Tom's guy. Great, yeah. uh, but was there a little bit of an outcry that, hey, where's Matt? Or, there was uh, like a, a website or two. Okay, yeah, 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 good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's totally different styles, too. You know, I'm yeah, friends with both yeah, you guys, yeah, and yeah, two totally, totally different, different styles. styles. Yeah. 
And, and, and we're talking about that. Like, you know, and my son Andrew went to a game uh, last month, and he was had great seats. He was sitting right behind you, and he sent me a, a video of you doing the uh, intros. And I've seen you do it before, but you know, your style—you get so into it. Did that evolve, or or did, when you took over uh, way back when? Um, did you already kind of have that style, or, or or did that evolve? Yeah, it totally evolved. Uh, yeah. When I first started, I had the mic on the stand. With the button that you push, okay. so you're kind of restricted because you got you can't really move the mic. And maybe like my halfway through, maybe I don't know seventh eighth year, I said, "Why don't you give me a mic with a cord? You know, I could be like Roger Daltrey, you know." <laughs> and, the, and that Spin it, it around. that just opened it up because I got the cord yeah. and like I mean people can't see this now, but I'm like this Swinging. side, that side, my head over here, you know, tie and Reese, and then, you know I stand up sometimes. Yeah. So you know, even when I do my uh, at the very end, I always save and bead for last. So I'm like. And it's seven foot from Cameroon. Because he wants to be from Cameroon now. No more Kansas. You know, I go, number 21, Joel. Then I turn around to the guy who's right behind me in the front row. The process. And I go down like this. Now, who's doing the bead, bead, bead? That's a guy, uh, Lou Diva. He's up in uh, the audio control room way up top. Okay. And he's in charge of, of the echo button. Was there any uh, guidance, like, to say, hey, Matt, you know, uh, maybe you do make, you know, pump it up the crowd a little bit more? Like, did they ever give you any of those instructions? That just kind of happened yeah, organically. Yeah, kind of happened. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I also awesome. imagine that you got, I remember you from the Wings and Phantoms days, and from the Wings, you had that very emotive, you know, so they probably hired you because of that, mm. and then you kind of took that, right, and put yes. some elements into the Sixers. When I first started, uh, Pat Croce... <laughs> He comes up to me when he bought the team. He's like, I want to make you – I've been to Wings games. I like how you yell at the other team. Right. Because when the other team would get a penalty, you know, Buffalo, you know, yeah. penalty, get, and I'd be like, get in the box. Right. And, you know, number, you know, John Tavares. Right. And people were like, wow, he's yelling at the players. <laughs> nice. And that's when I developed the very low monotone, you yes. know, Buffalo goal, yeah, Toronto yeah. goal, and that just – Moved over to the and Sixers. with the Sixers, yeah. when you know a guy now, scores a bucket, it's yeah. hilarious. Now there's know? a lot of NBA PA guys that do the exact uh-huh. same. Well, thing. I was gonna say, is there a fraternity? Like, are you guys a fraternity? Like, do you know the guy from the Bulls and the guy from the Bucks and the guy from the a little bit. Celtics? Like, a do you guys? L- yeah, meet at all? Ever talk about? Uh, I mean, when I did NBA, NBA 2K in LA, I, I met two guys because I, you know, it was during COVID, so I was coming in as the Charlotte guy was coming out, and then. I'm, I was Minnesota was coming, you know, so you kind of meet them for a little bit. But do you listen to away games and see how they do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, and and locally, we had Lou Nolan on last month, was one of our guests, and uh, you know, I kind of thought, ah, him and Dan Baker must hang out all the time. He said, no, not not too much. I mean, they've known each other forever, but I guess locally, and you know, used to come over to the vet all the time, and you know, press club, and uh, but Dan, and I know you know Dan and love Dan. I love them both. One time we all got to hang out. It was at a Gary Maddox bowling event. We were all like, and I I just thought it was so funny that Lou refers to Danny. Hey, Danny. <laughs> I'm like, you can call him Danny. You know, like. But what, look at this town. So three of our four major league teams, yes. right, major teams, you have, you're the, you're the uh, basically, other than the Eagles guy, you're the, the yeah, younger you're the new statesman. Guy. You're the new guy yeah. because Dan Baker's 50 years, Lou Nolan's 50 years, right? Yeah. If not more. Yeah. Uh, and then you were at 25. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. And I, there's no way so no other city has that, right? Good point there, Johnny. Yeah. No way. No so... Uh, the other thing, too, is uh, we were talking, you know, players. Um, do players come up, and I kind of know the answer, but do players come up to you before the season and say, hey, this is how I want to be uh, my name said, or, or you know, here's how I want to be described? How does that go? No, they'll do like what Joel did, uh, and he did this like two weeks ago. He said, you know, can you skip Kansas and, and do Cameroon? You know, they'll do stuff like that. Because he's Cameroon, I guess, was in – there's, there's a, you know, this year a soccer guy. So there's a soccer tournament in Africa right now, trying qualifications yep. for the World Cup. So I think he just wanted to get, shed some more light on Cameroon because that's where he's from, and he's a huge soccer fan, and he like watches all their games. Um, so sometimes they'll do that kind of thing, but very rarely they'll say like, "Can you say my name?" I'll, whenever we trade for a player, I go up to him right away, and I say, "Hey, this, this is what I got." You know, like George Niang when we, when we got him at the beginning of the season, I'm like. You know, George Niang. He was like, yeah, I love it, you know. <laughs> and then I, I ran into Drummond the other day because when Drummond scores, I do the drum roll. Andre, brrr, 
drumming. Right, right. He's like, yeah, man. Yeah, like yeah man. How can't you love and that? What, what about a high school guy? Because you, you're not going to say to college. I didn't go to college. So do, do you ask him if you can say they're high school or do you just? Yeah, I, I haven't really. Had, I don't think we've had any high school guys on, on the Sixers. Um, when Reggie Miller was playing, so he was from UCLA, like halfway through his career, he would have me, he, he'd tell the PR guy, tell the Philly guy I want to be announced from Riverside Polytech High School. Okay. Yeah. Well, you get that on Monday Night Football. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Guys will but every time school. I see him, because he does our games now, I'll be like, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh. now some guys do. Uh, I think there was one star player that, uh, that wanted you to change his height, right? Yes. Really? Uh, Allen Iverson, uh, after many years of saying, a six foot guard from Georgetown, he's like, hey, man. Make me 6'2 tonight. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so that game, you know, and he was always last. So I was like, and finally, a 6'2 guard. And you look at Eric Snow and George Lynch, they're like, what? 6'2. <laughs> 6'2? Did anybody else pick up on that? No. Or? And then the next game, I think I did it one more game. And then Snow came out to me the next game and said, can you make me, because he's 6'2. Can you make me six four? Right. There <laughs> and I'm you like, go. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like by the end of the season, we're all going to be like Matumbo seven type. foot. Yeah. And then Iverson did come up to me like uh, maybe a couple of games after that. He goes, "Hey man, prepare to go back to six foot. <laughs> I get in trouble." And how about pronunciation? I still the, the the Greek freak. I still can't pronounce his name. Yeah. Did Did you ever? Do you use his name? Do you just yeah, say yeah. the freak? Or? When he first came in the league, and you know, this is his first few years, he wasn't that good. And I remember stopping him during, like, warm-ups at 5 o'clock. And I'm like, hey, how, how do you say your name? He's like, you know, Giannis, it's, let me – he'd say it. And I, now you say. I'm like, no, no, no. And he'd say it again. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now you say it. I'm like, oh, Giannis, no, <laughs> that no, no, no. Would, That would be me, John. Right, yeah. And then finally you. he looks at me. He goes, don't worry. No one will know but me. <laughs> that what he said? Yeah. That's no one no one's going to know you messed up. Now, sometimes players pay a lot of attention, uh, especially when you don't uh, – if they're superstar players, in fact, Hall of Fame players, that uh, that you don't announce. The Carl Malone story. Ah. So, we are playing the Utah Jazz in preseason, and preseason was the only time that we would announce the entire team, like all 20 guys. And you're announcing guys that, you know, are, aren't going to make the team. You know, they're, they're trying out. They're preseason – so he's obviously a starter. So I had all 20. We had index cards. So I start with, like, number 20, and we work our way to the starting five. So I'm flipping through all these cards, you know, like all these names I've never heard of. And then you get to their starting lineup, you know, Andre Kirilenko and Calvert Chaney. And for some reason, when I flipped one of the cards, it, it stuck to Malone's. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, I realized it right away, but you can't go back. Yeah. So then I'm like, the guard and the guard, I figured who the guards were. And then all of a sudden, lights go up and, Thinking, all right, no one, no one caught that. You know, I just introduced twenty guys, yeah. and then Malone's Who's paying attention. Malone's slowly walking up the table. He's like, "Where's the announcer?" I'm like, "Over here." He goes, "Let me introduce myself to you: fourteen-time NBA All-Star, two-time MVP, you know, a six-nine forward from Louisiana Tech, power forward, number thirty-two, Carl Malone." I'm like, "Listen, I'm really sorry, but your card stuck, and I'm showing him the staples. So, see, these staples sometimes stick, and uh, when I flip Calvert Chain, he's like." My card stuck? That's that's what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah, see, he's, he just walked away. He was pissed. <laughs> so the next year we played them in preseason again. Yeah. And I, I made sure that I said his name, and I wasn't going to say anything to him. And he comes into the game, or he's, he, you know, right before tip-off, he's walking by me, and he looks at me, he goes, I knew you had it in you. I knew, <laughs> I knew, I knew you could do it. And he smiled. Oh, that's the guy who gets it. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Well, and, and that's Tom, cool. sometimes there's an absolute superstar just like, Carl Malone, obviously, Hall of Famer. Another superstar is there to uh, appreciate your work. Right. Steph Curry. Steph. How about this one? Did you hear this one? This, this actually oh, went I viral. I saw that online. This yeah, went viral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah, just he, liked how you were doing the intros, yeah, right? because we introduced the visiting team first, you yeah. know, and then after they're done, there's some time to kill because the lights go down, and we yeah. show this two-minute-long, you know, hype video. And yes. So the players are, like, stretching, and he always stretches right in front of me at the table. And then the, he started watching me do the intros, you know. He was just like, yeah, yeah. And then, like, I got to the final one and beat it. And he's like, high fives me and <laughs> yeah. it gets going. And, and uh, Like, yeah. you can tell he's moved by Because, yeah. Matt, as Matt explained earlier, he's moving. Like, yeah. he's he's going down, he's going up, he's this, right. a lot of, you know, there's a lot of movement but here's there. the best part of that. Like, he did all that and he shook my hand and he was into it. And I'm like, damn, I wish I had a video. I turn around, everybody had that on video. Because yeah, wherever Steph Curry goes, Everything is video. Yeah, of course. Like, nine guys, I got it. I got it. You want it? You want it? You know, like, 
you don't know, realize like everything he does. John, you know, if we we don't try to get too deep on this podcast, Matt, but uh, I think an overriding theme, and when we bring guests on, we love guests who are, it's it's just so apparent they love what they do. Yep. And like when we had uh, Tom McGinnis in here, was, yeah. you know, we were you know, and Jason, who baby, yeah, and Jason. Are you Stark, kidding me? And <laughs> this is Theo's house. There's certain people when you watch them work or you read a Jason Stark article, it's just like you just get the sense that they love what they do. So that's that's that right there, yep. Matt. You know, that's true. Tremendous. Let me. You were uh, talking about the show, you know, the the videos and the going to a Sixers game since I was a kid. You know, I mean, the Pat Williams, you know, started with him and Dr. J and and Pat Williams, the general manager at the time, just knew how to entertain, and they have just kept that going for you know thirty some forty years. Um, how involved are you in that production? Like, are you meeting with Franklin before the game, the promotions team? It just seems like uh, there's always something going yeah, on. Yeah, uh, Derek Hayes is our, our live events director, and uh, yeah, he always involves me. We do a lot of um, rehearsals, especially like before home opener. We'll go in the day before and rehearse. Time, you know, it's all timing. You know, yeah. seconds to seconds. Yeah, we we'll always have a new uh, hype video before the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, it's it's. I'm not. It, uh, Every day with these guys because they're full time employees. I'm still, you know, basically a part time guy. But, uh, but yeah, and then I, I also have a, a say in our ceremonial bell, which is a big part of the intros now. You know, like lights go down. The bell is a symbol of the city's unity and passion. Yeah, yeah. Ringing tonight's bell. The dramatic pause. You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you, like in terms of the bell, who, who's the best? Uh, the one that got the greatest reaction. Uh, uh, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. So nice. Maybe a month after the parade, walking oh. out. No brainer, the, right there. Right? With the Lombardi Trophy in his hand. Right. Yeah. yeah that was pretty uh, good. That's huge. That's hard to top. We, hard we, to had, top. we had Doug on about a month and a half ago, knowing that he had a good chance of, of getting a job. We did. A uh, head coaching job, and sure enough. We didn't think know, it would take our, a, a month for him to get that job, but right. uh, it I mean, happened. We yeah. knew it was going to happen. We're, uh, we're kind of job yeah. head coach whispers over here. You know, it's funny though. Everybody wants to ring the bell now. Like I, I get <laughs> yeah. hit up all Mike Jarek of Good Day Philadelphia. Every, he's like, "What am I ringing the bell?" Right. He's like, "Hurricane Schwartz rang the bell." He's like, "Alex Holly rang the bell." Yeah. You know, and it's funny. I always I will shoot a copy of the Who's Ringing the Bell. And I send it to him. Like, hey, look who we got tonight. Like the other night we had, and I don't. I never heard of these girls. Uh, they're the biggest stars on TikTok. So they're like, yeah, two girls are they're sisters, and they. Are worth millions because <laughs> they're famous for taking selfies of themselves. TikTok, yeah, right? yeah, 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 and they both rang the bell. Wow, you know? and people went nuts. Yeah, they did. Huh? Yeah. So how about that? People, your friends are calling you to, you know, hey, when am I doing? Oh yeah, oh, that puts you in a great position. Yeah. You know, we're we're kind, of, we're kind of working back with your career too, Matt. Okay. Obviously, you you know, uh, such a great career in radio. Um, from a you know, some of your favorite interviews like when you were just all struck to be in the same room maybe not interviewed him but you know uh you know i don't know rolling stones well hold or- on first of all matt kind of he was uh working with celebrities young in his career because oh he was an eagles ball boy before he got into the radio business that's true so he, all right so, we'll he, so he probably got immune to you know, there you go. He, 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 right, you got almost. Yeah, I I was the assistant assistant. I traveled uh, in the nineteen seventy seven season with the team, so you know it was Gabriel and yeah. Jaworski and Mike Brilla, Mike, Mike Brilla, Tom Dempsey, <laughs> Harold Dempsey. Carmichael. So yeah, how'd you Harold, get that job as the ball boy? My uncle was an assistant coach for years with the Buffalo Bills, and then when Vermeil got the job with the Eagles. He basically fired the entire staff, but he kept on two guys. He hmm. kept on John Major, who was his uncle, and John Isaac. Uh, and then he hired all his own people. So. Yeah, and that's how he got the yeah, gig. Yeah, yeah. Like well, coaches' kids are, yeah. are the ones who And you got some great memorabilia from those from that time, yeah. right? Huh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What do I, I have? I don't know, but I went in, <laughs> I went into your house and you had cool pictures and cool something. You're showing me Yeah. What do I have? You weren't there for the year. <laughs> it's uh, gone. I know I used to have I took it. Bill Bradley. Remember him? Bill Bradley, I yeah. I Bill had Bradley. his Adidas number twenty eight. His Adidas uh uh, sneakers that he wore at the vet. That's yeah. That point over there. Where so the it was that year. You didn't make it to the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. Super Bowl year, I guess. No, I did okay. not. Yeah, yeah. I did not. But I also know you were a uh, like a little acting and modeling. You were, were you on the cover of a Kellogg's cornflakes? Cornflakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was. What, were you like the like Mikey from, or what? Like just no, the the call went out <laughs> that's for a life a, cereal. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> His mother was my manager at one point. Is that right? Yeah. So the call went out for, uh, you know, when, when there's a call for a, a job, they're like, we want a young teen that, you know, can look like a football player. And I was 25 at the time. I looked very young. I went into the call. They put, you know, a helmet on you and 
put like the eye black and you held up a bowl with a spoon. And Wait, were you wor- were you working for that Long Island radio station at that no, point? This no, is before this radio. Way, this way before that, yeah. Ah, short okay. Hair. Yeah. Did you get good bucks for that? No, was that pay? I didn't. I was like stupid. It was the first gig I got in New York. Oh. I just started acting. So it was like a $2,000 buyout. And the huh. box was on the shelves for like three years. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. Now was it, and then you also did a Levi's, Levi's TV commercial jeans. Yeah, and a Panthers, uh, plant, Planters Peanuts. Yeah, yeah right? once I started doing commercials, that you get the, those residuals. Yeah, that yeah. But the Corn Flakes box was, was funny because I was on the time the same time that Danny White was on with the Cowboys. Okay. So I'd go into a, a supermarket, and it'd be my box and his box. <laughs> That's but classic. His, but his box was autographed. So I would just stand there and autograph uh, mine, <laughs> put it back on the <laughs> shelf. John, you've always wanted to be on the box of Wheaties. But I have. Look at, that's just, that's I have. like Yeah, you've always said that. It's <laughs> yeah, your sure. dream. Sure. It's your dream. <laughs> now, so um, – then you wound up, uh, now we're going through your career a little bit, yeah. you wound up going to the State University of New York in Plattsburgh. Uh, that was for uh, journalism or broadcasting, or what was that for? Uh, I majored in philosophy. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. John was like a religious a, major. Religious studies major, history yeah, minor. I got an A in existentialism. I can't even <laughs> spell that word. Why do you think Matt and I are such good friends? You, know, <laughs> Matt, just whole... you guys are on a whole different plane right, than I, I am. Know. College I went to, uh, the bars closed at 4 in the morning, and the drinking age was 18. <laughs> and you're right near the Montreal. That's why you went Right, right near the yeah. Canadian border. Yeah, 15 nice. miles from Canada. Nice. And, and UVM, uh, a boat ride away on the other side of the lake. <laughs> so how did that transfer into? I got uh, into college radio. You know, college I, radio. I, yeah, there I, you go. I was uh, Matt Helm on WPLT. What, your radio name? You had your own radio yeah. name? Why Helm? <laughs> That's what this one guy in my dorm called me that. Dean, huh. Remember those Dean Martin movies where he was called Matt Helm? He was like a James Bond character, but huh. not as crafty. Huh. And I just became Helm. All, all my college buddies to this day, I'm, I'm known as Helmet. Where, you know, we all go down the shore every every July. It's like, Helm, you come Helm. I'm like, who's Helm? Oh, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> and is that uh, like playing records? Was that rock music? Yeah. That kind of thing? Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Loans, Lou Reed. Yeah. The Wall came out when I was in college. Nice. You know, uh, lots of dead. <laughs> nice. You know, the clash. Yes. London calling. So then after your acting career, then you went, you worked for a station out of L, is it L-I-B or L-I? Uh, I worked B-L-I? W-B-L-I in Patchogue, yep. Long Island. Yep. You're 10 in a row, hit radio, and I was Matt O'Brien. Um, and did you give yourself that name or somebody else? I gave myself that name. I just right. like getting different names. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did like the overnights there for like two years, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then I got a job at uh, STW for a little bit in Delaware. Yeah. Matt Clark after dark. And then DRE in Long Island, and then MMR. Then MMR. Yeah. Well, and Y100. Well, yeah, MMR, then Y100. Oh, right. right. And yeah. then back to MMR, and then Ben FM. Now, what year did you uh, go to MMR? Uh, was this late 80s? 1991. Oh, 1991. Yeah. So still, uh, I guess, th- was the zoo still around? Like, was, um, yeah. uh, was Bella still was still doing yeah. mornings? And, and, and so Pierre was doing middays, and it, Joe Bonadonna afternoons. Yeah. That was, was massive. Yeah, it was at Rittenhouse Square. Yeah, you know? was that your dream job? Yeah, or? totally. I grew up yeah. listening to all those guys. Yeah. yeah. It was well, amazing. that's when I first met you because my first job was in 94. Yeah. And I remember someone saying, uh, I said, you know, what, what radio station guys would be good, like someone young that's going to be, you know, a sports guy that's going to be here, a, a fixture in Philadelphia. Everyone's like, oh, you got to meet Matt Cord. Matt Cord's the guy. Right? <laughs> nice. How about that? How about that. Yeah, I fo- my first shift, I followed, uh, I came on at midnight. And I followed Michael Tierson. Michael Tierson. He was on till midnight. Yeah. And it was I was in the next room. I'm like shaking. And he goes, uh, so this doesn't happen too often. We got a new DJ, Matt Cord. He'll take care of you. And then he like walked out. He's like, have fun. So I played an actor in Homicide. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just got introduced by Michael Tierson. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because especially that station, same thing. Our childhood, we're all around the same age. And yeah, like that was yeah. revered. They were rock stars. They were rock stars. They yeah, were yeah, huge. Yeah. Um, so going back, I'm going to steal Tom's original yeah, question. Now we can go back to now that Now we can question. go back to your now question. Now we can is, set that question So up. early in your career, whether it's in Long Island, whether yep. it's in Philadelphia, uh, what was the first interview that uh, face-to-face or on the phone uh, that you were most intimidated when, when, it was, when you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is Alice Cooper, or I can't believe I'm talking to Eddie Vedder or Whoever it is. First interview, Johnny, was when I was at Matt O'Brien at WBLI, and I went to Debbie Gibson's graduation at Calhoun High School because hmm. we were playing her on the radio. And I tried to get an interview with her at a graduation. Like, my boss said, go get her. You'll get her at the graduation. And her manager was, you know, she was a star. And she oh, was yeah. graduating from high school. The manager saw me. He's like, listen, uh, she's not doing any, but uh, if you want, we're going to be at the Man Music Center next week. Uh, and I can get you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I can go to Philly, yeah. 
So I interviewed her at the Man Music Center. I have no audio of it or anything. Were you oh, nervous? Oh, totally nervous. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And it was. She sang like, "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" this year. This year, really? as yeah. part of our '80s okay. uh, trivia. Yeah. Man, I got to tell you, 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 you surprised me with that one. I'm waiting for, uh, you know, was it, was it Mick Jagger or, or, right. or was it Roger Daltrey? <laughs> right. But we yeah. go Debbie Gibson. Debbie Gibson. How about the coolest interview now that, you know, now that you're, you know, a, a, a savvy veteran radio guy, who is the coolest interview where you're, you're like, wow, that was really cool. I just interviewed so-and-so. Uh, Paul Westerberg. Okay, replacements. Replacements yeah. uh, when I was at DRE. That was like uh, 90. Um, well, let me think. Chili Peppers, Anthony Kiedis okay. came in in 91. Yeah. You know, and he left this most amazing, you know, what an idea is. Like, hey, this is Anthony Kiedis. You're listening to the Matt Cord. He did this 30, like, like 40 second, like, you know, I'm a superstar lover and he's a lover. He's a blah, 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 He's jumping away. It's Matt Cord. You know, like, I'm like, wow, that's so cool. Like, he left this great idea, which I don't have anymore. Yeah. I was in the studio. You invited me in for uh, Lenny, Lenny Kravitz. Kravitz. Lenny yeah. Kravitz oh, being interviewed. Lenny yeah, came it's a in, good one. I knew we had a mutual friend. Uh, did a whole Lenny. hour of radio. Yep. He picked out his own songs. Awesome. Um, but you know what? I, I had Eminem on. Um, hmm. His very first interview ever in Philadelphia when I was at Y100. And that was kind of. And different. he was just breaking? Was just he? breaking. Yeah. You know, my name is. He, he hadn't even done any rap stations yet. Right. And, uh, you know, he was on and he. he Took a picture with his pants down with all of us. And, <laughs> right. You know, right. but I tell you, when I do like, uh, I'll do like career days, at, like middle schools and stuff or high schools, and I'll bring that picture of me and, and it's total cred. And they, you know, yeah, they, they you know, know him. The Mick Jagger yeah. picture means nothing. Means these kids. nothing. No. Do you I, think Eminem's uh, going to get into the Hall of Fame this year? He's on the ballot this it's year. It's his first year. I can't first believe year. he's eligible. Because you need to have X yeah. amount of years in, right? Uh, yeah. He's getting a lot of votes. Like yeah. we get the updates at MGK. Oh, you do? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, he's getting a lot of votes. Pat Benatar, him, and who else is uh Benatar should definitely she, she be in. Should yeah, been yeah. in a long time ago. All yeah. right, man. What interview took went the most awry? Which what interview did you have that does it, Were you involved in this? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> is there a good answer? I hope so. Is there, there's gotta be one you're like, oh boy, like maybe it got contentious or maybe just whatever. The most guy, of John's the interviews go odd. awry, actually. Yeah, but. there's gotta be one that kind of All right, was, there's uh, this band called Love Spit Love. Do you remember them? They were the kind psychedelic a- furs after the psychedelic furs. Okay. Richard and Tim Butler, and they came in and they just gave me nothing. Like, so, the new record, yeah. And then, like, maybe after the fourth question, I'm like, you know, you guys look really tired. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've seen Richard Butler since then, and, uh-huh. he, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. We hated that band. <laughs> we, we shouldn't have been out doing any radio for uh, that band. Well, also, uh, Tom, I don't know if you know this, but you know, Matt's got a very special relationship with the band Pearl Jam. In the sense, you would uh, take a couple of the guys out playing basketball at PCOM, right? Yeah. When they come into tour, and then Villanova too. But you also helped talk about the number one record that uh, that you helped create. So Pearl Jam's biggest chart-topping single, and that's how Eddie introduces it from stage, is called "Last Kiss," which is the cover of Frank J. J. Wilson, the Cavaliers. You know, to the old "Oh where, oh where did my big?" So it's their biggest song, and um, it came out as a, uh, a forty-five. Like if you were in the fan club, they would give you a forty-five every Christmas. So I got it, and I, I went to my boss at Y100, Jimmy Quinn. I said, can we start playing this on the radio? He's like, yeah. So I carted it up. Remember cart machines? Yeah, of course. Because yeah, I couldn't play the 45. Yeah, yeah. And we we start- both did the music here, yeah, so we both yeah, know cart machines. Okay. We yeah. use cards. Yeah. So we carted it up, and it became, uh, we used to have, like, the the, the the screamer or the shriek of the week, and it became the biggest hit. And um, so- Eddie tells the story that uh, he's like, yeah, I, I knew it came from Philly, and I, I didn't know it was you. He goes, uh, but I was in Hawaii, and he, he talks real slow. Yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. interrupt him because his train of thought. Very thoughtful, yeah. He's like, and I was off the grid. And I said, like, into the wild, kid? He goes, war. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. He goes, and I was in a mountain, and I came into town to get some supplies, and I turned on the radio in my Jeep, and Hawaii radio is really bad. It's all top 40. And I heard, last kiss. And he goes, and I was like, wow. He looked at me. He goes, and I thank you for that moment. <laughs> nice, because that really did have a life, and I didn't yeah. know it started with you yeah. and in Philly yeah. again. Yeah. Wow, great song. I introduced yeah. I introduced Jill during the 2009 World Series. I put Eddie Vedder into a suite with Tom Brokaw, not knowing that the two would know each other. Tom Brokaw was very excited to meet Eddie because uh, Tom Brokaw's daughter worked for Warner Brother Records. Eddie was very excited to meet Tom Brokaw because he's a big fan of him from his 
journalism career. So I I brought Jill into there and I said, Hey Eddie, this is my wife Jill. He says, Cool. He goes, My lady's name's Jill. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. He seems like one of those just nice guys, you yeah. know, cool and chill. And, Gives out his yeah, phone yeah. number to fans. And, yeah. And we interviewed him in the in the Wells Fargo Center in the in the locker room where uh Villanova that's their locker room when they play games and he walked in, he's like Villanova, what's that mean? I, I'm like, he goes, this is where they, this is their locker room? Wow. You know, this is, this is, this he's is into it. it. Well, we talked about uh, his friendship with Raul Wabanez. Oh, yeah. And he's a big Cubs fan. And, you know, he, he knew just, baseball. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I took him around the whole game and he's asked me like detailed questions about Cole Hamels and, you know, about the team back then. And like he did his homework. And I don't think he did his homework knowing he's come to the game. I yeah, think yeah. He, he just he just knows baseball. Knows baseball, yeah. yeah. Baseball. Hey, speaking of baseball, so this is a Phillies podcast. Uh, you grew up in this area, yep. I think, uh, since you were seven years old, I think, is when you moved uh, down from New York. Uh, at the time, were you a big Phillies fan? Did you, had, did you, did you come to the vet? Yeah, oh, did yeah. Did you have a favorite player? My first game ever, my dad took me to Connie Mack. Oh, was that right? Yeah. Oh, wow, you were at Connie Mack. Yeah. And ah. I don't remember my. I was really yeah, young. I don't remember yeah. much of the game, but I remember going to Connie Mack. But yeah, the vet, the vet days. Uh, you know, Don Money, Don and, uh, Money, Tony Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I worked for the Eagles, like we shared yeah. the locker room. Like right. yeah. you know, I remember Dick Allen coming in, like asking me the keys for the racquetball court. You know, <laughs> right. and then Boa, like you know. Yelling at me for something like, you know, the steam in the steam room's horrible. <laughs> Tell Rusty. You remember Rusty was this yeah. famous equipment. Tell yeah. Rusty he's not doing his job. I'm like, Larry Bowles yelling at me. I, <laughs> I just told this story with Mike Demuzio. We were sitting out there at lunchtime. Uh, Mike's been here for years and years, right? So we were saying at, at uh, back at the vet, as you mentioned, the Phillies locker room. Then you had the Eagles locker room. And between that was the bathroom. They could both, you know, our back door connected to the bathroom there other door connected to the bathroom. So their season would be our off season and vice versa. So Dennis Mannion, who's my boss at the time, he'd say, come on, let's do the lazy man's workout and we'll go down and do a sauna a sauna, yeah, <laughs> and, a, and a steam room. So we, with so we, yeah, well, we didn't, we didn't want to. We'd, so we'd go into the steam room and then we'd go into the sauna. Now we're in like towels or whatever in the, in yeah. the sauna. And next thing you know, like eight naked yeah. offensive linemen from the Eagles Kenny, come in. Kenny Clark and they'd, comes and they'd, sit, and they'd sit all around you and you couldn't move and you're, yeah. you're just, but you also didn't want to leave right away because, because he didn't want it to make it too awkward. But you're just, you're waiting for the first person to make their move. Wait, John, I hope you did this. Did you just look around and say, man, it's like a sauna in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot. And the offensive linemen, their lockers were right at the end of that part. Of the, they were closest to the sauna. Right. Because they had, I remember, every one of their lockers had a big spittoon in it where they would spit out their chili tobacco. Yeah, yeah. I've never felt so small in my life. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I gotta tell you. Uh, oh, yeah. Do you remember where you were? The uh, Well, two, 1980 and 2008? 1980, we, I drove down from Plattsburgh. We were watching nice. the game. And my buddy Kevin, who's a Mets fan, but he just wanted to take a road trip. Let's go down. Let's get in the parade. Awesome. And we drove eight hours. He was a Mets fan? Yeah. And he uh, a baseball right. fan. We drove eight hours, and we were like, by the time we got here, we went to my parents' house at Glen Mills, and we just slept. We missed everything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but we watched it. At the, yeah, 80, I remember. Yeah. That, That's classic. What about 2008? I forget. You Were you at the game? 2008, I had a Sixer game that night. Oh. So the game ended at about 9.15, and we all watched it in the courtside club. The, the second part of our yes. rain out? Yes. The Sixers were the home? Sixers I forgot it. Game. Well, I don't even know if I forgot about it. I, think, I don't yes. remember that. Wow. I know the Sixers were home, I think, on Halloween when we had our parade. Is that right? right? I think Yes, the we were home were then, home. too. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. 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 But, but they were home the night we won it. Huh? We won. I remember watching it with uh, uh, Big Daddy's wife and Ava. <laughs> Because they were in the, of course, you know, you remember who you were with. Sure, yeah. yeah and every yeah. time we see each other, like, we watched the Phillies <laughs> win the World Series. Ah. And then I remember, like, leaving, like, like, like just driving by this building. Like, it was insane. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I got to get home. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you've interacted, you know, obviously we're great friends and had you down in spring training, had you here. Uh, and you've interacted with a lot of our guys. Now, one story I love to tell is when Matt Cord did not take my advice uh, he came down to throw out the first pitch, first pitch. in spring training. Got to listen to John on that one. I yeah. usually don't listen to John yeah. either, Matt. But, so uh, he comes down spring training, and he's going to throw out the first pitch, right? He's very honored, right? It's going to be cool down there. Yeah. And uh, I give him the advice I give everybody. I said, all right, you know, make sure you're going to be throwing in front of the mound, not on the mound. Uh, make sure you, you have a high release point, right? Because you, if you air high, you get a ooh, 
you go too low in the ground, it's you get a boo. A boo. It would be You'd a rather boo. have a ooh than a boo. Don't try to throw too hard because you try to throw hard. What's going to happen? You're going to get a boo. You're going to do a worm burner, right? So I, I give you this very huh. detailed instructions, and and we're about two minutes. We're standing like wait, right. Wait, can I just say I, did, <laughs> yeah. I had no warm-up. Okay. All a lot right. of people have thrown out this first yeah, pitch. Yeah, no warm up. All right. Pierre Robert got like a two week seminar. <laughs> yeah, so I had, he's like, no, you, you can't warm up. I'm no, like, so one warm up. One was... I'll go out back. <laughs> so Matt, no and I, Matt and I, about two minutes before we're gonna, he's going to go, we're standing on the dirt right next to the Phillies dugout in spring training. And Chase Utley comes up through the diamond dugout and sees Matt and knows Matt just, you know, from hanging out. And uh, he says, Matt, what are you doing here? He says, uh, Chase, I'm about to throw out the first pitch. He said, do you have any advice? And Chase says, "Yeah, throw it as hard as you blanking can." Yeah, he goes, oh, he goes, "You don't want to look like a wimp. You want to look, you want to look strong." And he was very, very oh, demonstrative. He's like, yeah. throw it. I'm like, so, "Are you sure saying this way?" This yeah, I'm giving safe route. Yes, Chase is doing the, the unsafe route. Players in the history of baseball tell me, how, "Who am I going to go with?" So <laughs> I look. I, I I knew he was going to go with Chase's, you yeah. know, but I didn't know how it was going to the outcome. <sighs> sure enough, he gets out there. They introduce him. Matt literally throws it into the ground about, what, 10 feet? Well, do you remember Chooch was catching, and Chooch had to stretch, and he, like, he like fell down. He, he was <laughs> mad at me, like, dude. And he got booed. He yeah. got booed by the – by the of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. By, by the, the crowd. Mel, yeah, mellow, mellow. Blue. They don't boo. To, they cheer everybody. They cheer Tom, everybody they in Florida. <laughs> I mean, I went to the Tiki Bar and – well, thank God uh, Chooch didn't but, pull a hamstring no, going after the ball that you threw. It was bad. And then I look at Chase, and he's just laughing like, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> well, you've also got to know Sarge, right? Sarge. You've got, well, you were neighbors with Larry Anderson. L- I still see L.A. He still walks. He's a fast walker now in my neighborhood. Now, now, you want to tell a story you want me to about uh, when we surprised you while you were sleeping? You can tell the story. All right, so Matt's roof. I, I might not edit it properly. Yeah, Matt's <laughs> roof. Matt's roof and the roof I lived downtown connected, right? Yeah. So we, you could go from my roof right to Matt's roof, and then go down the hatch. So I was, we were having a party at our house, and it was, uh, it was getting pretty late. Matt left the party early because he had an early morning, and so LA and I, it's about one o'clock in the morning. We said, I don't know who had the bright idea, but we said, let's go mess with Matt, right? Because we know he's <laughs> sleeping. So we go across the roof. We go down Matt's hatch. His dog Scout is looking at us, and he's looking at me and saying, "What's this guy who walks me doing uh, in my <laughs> at one in the morning?" Matt's sound asleep. L.A. gets on one side of the bed. I get on the other side of the bed. We start shaking him, and all of a sudden, no, you were jumping up and down on my bed. That's how I woke up. <laughs> and then Matt, two large men, and, yeah. up and Matt literally was, I guess, asleep for about thirty seconds because he was he was awake, but he was asleep. And he's going, "I'm going to kill you! I'm going to kill you! I'm going to kill you!" Now, you know, he, how was he going to kill us with his hands? But you know, but still, it would have made news if you if you did try to well, kill us. Scout, I, I, I'm surprised Scout didn't take a chomp out of you, John, because he the Scout has taken a chomp out of the Philly fanatic. Yes, he has. Yeah. So uh, I'm hey, really national so, news. Yeah, and so why didn't Scout go into attack mode at I that point? Because I think he knew Brazier, or she knew Brazier. Okay, I get yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. But L.A. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We've edited that story a little bit. for little the bit. For the, uh, A little bit. <laughs> well, to protect, no protect everybody. No one has since uh, gone into the hatch. Yes, that's true. And we do, I was saying. I was kind of glad when John moved out. Like, <laughs> yeah, the shenanigans. And L.A. is one of the most entertaining people you've ever met in your life, right? Absolutely. You just don't want them living right next to you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, yeah, if you're going to go out with somebody and, and yes. want to lose weight laughing, L.A. is your man. L.A. is your man. He does this speed walk, uh, him and Tommy. Um, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. And they'll walk by. And one day this dog was a little puppy was off his leash and running all over the street. And I'm, like, stopping cars. And I'm, like, I grab the dog, and L.A.'s walking by. He goes, ever hear of a leash? <laughs> and just kept walking. <laughs> Their owners ever hear of a leash? <laughs> uh, but you mentioned that was a national story when Scout went after the Fanatic, right? right. It was the on sale for when the police were going to play the Citizens Bank Park. Yes. And when the on sale was over at the Wells, the Wells Fargo, Fargo Center. Center. Yeah. And, and, you know, since it's the police and, and the ballpark, you were over there, and I had Scout, you know, I brought my dog. I'm doing a live radio show and did not like the Fanatic, man. And then I remember <laughs> – He'd say, can you put your dog in your car? This is like well, there literally is a picture, John, of yeah. Scout taking a chomp out of his yeah, yeah, butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right out of his butt. Yeah. Uh, it, it hangs in my desk. John, I know you want to do the quiz. I, want, I have one other question because you mentioned Pierre Robert earlier. Right? Pierre's yeah. been here forever. Yeah. Uh, how great has it been to work with Pierre oh, uh, yeah. when you did? I know you don't work with him. No, I uh, see him now. Uh, you I see actually, him now. I, right, yeah, right. we're right down the hall from each other. Yeah, just uh, classic, right? Yeah. I mean. Uh, He's, uh, you know, he knows nothing about sports. Right. You know, yeah. but he'll try to like, you know, he, he was like one day, 
He was like, I was at the gymnasium the other night, <laughs> and I'm watching your Sixers, and it said Fee, and you guys were playing Wish. And I was thinking, well, at least Fee is meeting, and Wish is Washington. You know, they just give you the initials. He goes, and then Wish kept making shots, and they kind of, like, almost beat Fee. I'm like, <laughs> it's Washington. It gets us. Did you ever hear when um, Kevin Gunn, who you've worked yeah. with many years, uh, Kevin Gunn was, was Pierre's longtime producer, yeah. right? So this is 1996. Phillies, Philadelphia gets the All-Star game. So uh, ironically, Steve Carlton becomes the spokesperson for FanFest, which is funny because he didn't talk to the media, right? And, but they hired him as a spokesperson, uh, as a spokesperson for FanFest. Very funny. So I had to take <laughs> Steve Carlton around to different radio stations, which obviously as a young employee, it was awesome, right? Because yeah. Steve Carlton was my favorite player as a kid. Um, so I was coordinating the interviews and I, I was going to go to Matt, you know, from MMR because Matt knows sports. Uh, but I talked to Kevin Gunn, and Kevin Gunn said, you know what? I know Matt is probably the perfect choice because Matt knows sports more than anybody at the station. But I'm thinking about this. Gonna, this gonna, could sound strange, but we could have the greatest interview of all time. Or it could be the worst, but it could be the greatest interview of all time if we have Steve Carlton interview Pierre Robert, because Steve Carlton, you know, they're yeah. almost kindred spirits, yeah. but they don't know anything about their own worlds, Right. So Pierre Robert is doing a, uh, a live remote from a coffee shop in, on South Street. I, I'm in the car saying to uh, Steve, I said, Steve, uh, the guy who you're going to interview, is, uh, he's an institution in Philadelphia. His name is Pierre Robert. He's got long hair. He probably has a tie-dye shirt. He's a deadhead. He's from California. He's going to, you know, he's, he, 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 if he pretends like he doesn't know anything about baseball, it's because he's not pretending. He doesn't know anything about baseball. And so Kevin Gunn was telling Pierre that, hey, Steve Carlton, you know, has a lot of abstract theories and he's, you know, has unique training methods and this and that. So we're both preparing each other. They do this interview, and it was the greatest interview. Oh. I've got to find it. you got to find it. i got to find it because it was the greatest interview because they were talking about karma and feng shui and, yeah. like, all oh, these awesome. things that, like, there awesome. were, were, like, nothing about sports or music or anything. It was just oh. – and they were kindred spirits, and we walk out of there. And at that time, that was our fifth radio show, and, and Steve Carlton said – that's my favorite guy so far. I really, I really <laughs> like that guy, Pierre. That is why Kevin Gunn is a great, the greatest producer of right, all time. Yeah, that right. guy was the bomb. But uh, all right, you're chomping at the bit, uh, Matto. I guess you heard. No, he's oh, look, look at his look. He didn't know there. <laughs> he didn't know he was going to be quiz. tested. Are we today? done yet? No, there's a, there's an eight question quiz, multiple choice. Your life, and it's about your life, so you have an inside uh, okay. track. All right, it's not like trivia or anything. No, 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 no. Yeah. And that uh, there is some trivia in here, but the. A little bit. The bar uh, we usually say is six out of eight. Six out of which eight. Is, uh, I know you went to Slesianum, so that's a, uh, three quarters, right? Okay. So, um, right. And what does he win, Tom? He's got to be something fanatic related, uh, right? Fanatic related. How about an autographed picture of that uh, of Scout biting, uh, <laughs> biting the fanatic? There you go. Right? The fanatic will autograph. Do you have? Do you have that? I do have it in my office. <laughs> Bring it in, okay. and he'll he'll okay. the fanatic. We'll get the, the best fanatic friend. Right. Fanatic will sign it. All right. Yes. All, right. All, right. All right. Here we go. Ready? First question. I mentioned you went to Sleazyanum, right? School mm -hmm. in Wilmington, Delaware. Which of these celebrities did not go to Sleazyanum? So three went there. Okay. One did not. All right. Tell me which one did not. A, Bernie McInerney. <laughs> Bernie McInerney. I'm sorry. Bernie McInerney. He's the actor who played. <laughs> these are all going to be celebrities. He's an actor who played. Yeah, celebrity is a loose word. He's the actor who played an old man on Scooter and Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> B is Simon Diamond, who's a professional wrestler. I don't know his real name. All right. C is Charles Nelson Riley with the Ascot in Match Game 76. Right. And D is Dante DiVincenzo, Villanova Hoops player, currently on the Milwaukee Bucks. So, wait, one didn't go there or two? No, one did not go there. So, you got the guy, oh, you got Bernie Charles from. Charles Nelson Riley. Correct. Charles Nelson Riley is correct. <laughs> right. Did you know Bernie, the guy oh. who played the old man on the scooter? I, I did not know and that. Paul M Blart Malkop? No. We had like Randy Wolf on who went to school, and Lieberthal went to school in LA, yeah, Brentwood or something. All, it's kinds like, of stars. all kinds of stars. Like, how many guys went to this school? Yeah. And I didn't know. Um, uh, Villanova. Um, Dante Vedante. Vincenzo, yeah. yeah. How about that? Yeah. His yeah. dad graduated the year after me. Did he light it up in high school? Like, was he like I was a great? far removed. Right, right. But, yeah, no, they, I think they want to stay with him. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I, I was pretty impressed with Sleazyanum's uh, alumni. There was a lot of generals and there that? was uh, politicians. Yeah, there was, uh, it was good. Beautiful. All right. You All attended right. college, as Tom mentioned earlier, at uh, State University of New York, Plattsburgh. It's up near the Canadian border, we mentioned. Which celebrity did not attend that school? Okay. Michael Rispoli. 
who is the actor who is best known for his role as Jackie Aspreel Sr. Uh, in The Sopranos. Okay. Right? Jackie Aspreel Sr. Right. in The Sopranos. Snooky from Jersey Shore. Right. Actor Tim Robbins, right. Bull, Ro- Bull Durham, Shawshank Redemption, and Edie Huggins, longtime TV reporter in Philly, soap opera star, and motion picture Snooki. actress. Snooky from Jersey Shore, as far as I know, I didn't really do research on that, but I'm pretty sure she did not go to Plattsburgh. So, yes, you are correct. I'm pretty Snooki. sure she didn't go to college either, but that's just me. <laughs> go ahead. All right, here's the one that's she not really. In existentialism. <laughs> Here, here's, a, here's the one that's not really about you. I just uh, figured you might know it. We're in the middle of the Olympics right now, right? So where is the next Olympics taking place? It's the Summer Olympics of 2024. Is it Paris, Madrid, Berlin, or Quito, Ecuador? Paris, uh, Madrid, Madrid, Berlin, or Quito? Paris. Ca- Paris is correct. Did you know that? Or yes. did you? I, yeah. It wasn't Quito. Nice. Yes, it wasn't Quito. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number four. When did PA announcer Dave Zinkoff start with the 76ers? 1965. All right, maybe I have it wrong because I had 68, 70, 60, or 63. Oh, um, all right, I have choices here. Yeah, 68, 70, 60, or 63. I go 63. 63 is correct. Yeah. I, if, I, if I'm doing my research right, yeah. so but I usually butcher one no, that's question. Right. So no, that's right. Okay, here's a tough one about the current Sixers. Who is tied with Joel Embiid with 2.6 fouls per game? 2.6 fouls per game. On our current roster? Current roster. Is it George Niang? Is it Tobias Harris? Is it Andre Drummond? Or is it Matisse Thibel? Is it Niang, Harris, Drummond, or Thibel? Uh, I'd go Niang. Niang is 5 for 5, Dang. Tom. I would have said Drummond there. So 5 nice, for nice 5 right there. All right. You're on fire. You work for the Wings, as we mentioned, oh, no. right? <laughs> Who has the Philadelphia? Chopper, 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 Wings trivia. And Chopper's dad? No, Chopper was it Chopper's dad. Big Gabe. Big was, Gabe. Was Scott Gabriel's Scott dad. Scott dad, right? The Big Gabe. Yeah. Yes. All right. Who has the Philadelphia Wings franchise record for most goals in a game with ten? I don't know if you were announcing back then, but. Uh, who had 10 goals in a game? Was it Scott Gabrielson, a good buddy of both of ours, uh, Paul Gate, Tom Marichek, or Ethan Iannucci? I want to say Marichek, but I'll go Ethan Iannucci. Ooh, I thought you were going to go the other. No, it's Paul Gate. It is Paul. Had 10 goals, uh, right? Yeah, because Marichek is the all-time up. leading scorer. And he broke all the Gates records at Syracuse. Yeah, they were. Uh, that was a beast. Yeah. Hollywood. Call me crazy. Is that a lot of goals for one guy to score in, in a game? game? Yes. <laughs> yes. Goals. Indoor yeah. like or outdoor. Like, what's the yeah. record for number of goals in a game? Like, I have no idea. I wonder. That, that's that a heck of a game get, that guy yeah, could Yeah, if you get over 20, that's a lot of goals. Like yeah. overall, overall team, yeah. yeah, yeah, ten. I outdoor, indoor. That's 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 yeah, a big that's, number. It's a lot. All right, you all have right. one, one. So you have room for one more loss, but I think you're gonna be okay. Which one was not a character? We mentioned John DeBella's morning show, Morning Zoo on WMR that we all grew up with back in the '80s. Which one was not a character on that morning show, okay. Morning Zoo? Mark the Shark Drucker, Phil the Thrill Carpenter, Grover Silcox, Action Jackson Quigley. Phil the Thrill Carpenter was not. Yes, that is correct. And for your last one to go seven for eight, uh, looks like you're guaranteed the autograph of of Scout and uh, the Fanatic. And I think there's no way you don't know this. I don't even think I have to give you the uh, multiple choice. What was Pearl Jam originally called? Well, John, uh, (laughs) I would go with that product from Oklahoma number 10, Mookie Blaylock. Mookie Blaylock is correct. Yes, it was either Mookie Blaylock, the Obelisk, Wicked Lester, or the New Originals. Mookie Blaylock was the original. Yeah, name it was the name for of Pearl Jam. They did like Where'd their first from? five shows as Mookie Blaylock, and then really? the NBA jumped in and said, "You can't do that." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, what was the inspiration to call your? They're huge your basketball name? fans. Yeah, they liked him. Um, He's Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Uh, they named the record ten after his jersey number ten. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I just think they're just. Searching for a name, you know. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. It's so a great use, name. It is a great name. Yeah. The, Mo- the Mookie Blaylocks. Yeah. Rocking the house. Yeah. He he was still in the NBA uh, when I first started. And I, I, I remember talking to him about that. He's like, yeah, they're good guys. You, know, huh. he didn't know, he, you could tell he didn't know a whole lot about it. But right. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, they're good guys. Huh. So Mookie. You learn something new every day. Matt, we did good here. Thank you, guys. Really, I mean, you just came with – I mean, were you – I always want to know too when you when you got 
doesn't the gig down here, you're running from the radio shift yeah. to get down here? I mean, it must have been insane. Didn't, your one show was ending like at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, right? And then you'd have to get oh, down when here. when I was for, at Y100. Yeah, I would, y take, I would take okay. the last three hours. Okay, is that right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And then, okay, still. Well, 9 I mean, to 2 works out perfectly. 9 to 2 is good. Day. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, but yeah, when we have like back-to-backs, like we just finished, uh, I think it was like five games in nine days. That That's when you it starts to wear on you, you know. Yeah. yeah. What roster do I got today? Who's ringing the bell today? Right. Yeah, What's yeah, our yeah. halftime act today? Well, you have somebody, too, who's your right-hand man down there, a spotter of some sort. I do have a spotter. Okay. Yeah, Norm's a spotter. Yeah. And they probably help you out yeah. with uh, some of that, right? Yeah. But, yeah, it's Beautiful. tough. And it's a fun team to watch. I love uh, yeah, yeah. I love uh, Thibault. I love uh, Maxie, obviously, the energy he brings. Embiid is, you know, knocking wood stays healthy, so – uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, it's great when a team's doing well and they're guys you can root for, yep. you know. I mean, we didn't even talk about the 2000-2001 season and yeah. just the way the city went nuts. And, and you know, you see it with these guys here, too. It's like, you know, I, I think it's always nice to have some role players and you got some good role players, yes. but then you got the superstar, and the superstar just happens to be, you know, the guy, uh, you know, Philly has embraced, uh, and he's such one of us, you know, Joel. I mean, he's just kind of one of us. And, yeah. and last question, you know? like, d- d- is he as fun as he looks? Yes. In fact, right. speaking of that, the other night we gave him his uh, Eastern Conference Player of the Month award, and you know I had the copy to read, and it was by the time I got like to the fourth word, he was already off the court, and he right. just gave the award back. He, you can tell he's like, "This means nothing. Right. Like, right. I, I'm not here for this." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was so cool. <laughs> like, here you go. Here, here's your award. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like he wanted to give it to a fan or something. Like, ah. And I'm like, and he also scored. Oh, he's off the court? Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, to me, I think he's mature. He gets yeah, yes. he, he gets it. And also, I think he's matured a little bit in that he's more focused the last two seasons, I think. Just, yep. uh, you know, not doing as much of the Twitter and the yep. getting involved and all that. He just seems to be really, yeah. really focused. And having a kid and the girlfriend. And yeah. he stays in his, you know, where he lives in Center City and he doesn't go out much and got a, a great trainer and. You know, uh, he stayed healthy. Knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. MVP. Yeah. The MVP this year. He should be right now. He's a leading scorer in the NBA. He, yeah. yeah, he's just. You know, we got what two more months to go. So he yeah. should be. If it ended right now, he's definitely MVP. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, good luck the rest of the year. Thank you, boys. Yeah, Matt. Thanks for coming down. Really right, great. Tommy. Thank you very much. Thanks, Matt. What's the name of the show? Brazen Burgoyne. Backstage, we're going to Brazen. He got front billing. Burgoyne. <laughs> yeah, really? How that happened? It's going yeah. back and forth. <laughs> yeah, how that happened is right. But uh, John, are we signing off? Is this we it? We are signing off. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, Matt. Thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time on Phillies Backstage.